chilliest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! <laughs> this is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Abby, and I work for Festival Bridge as Education Programme Manager, and I used to be a primary school teacher in early years in Key Stage 1. Hi, I'm Rob, I work in Key Stage 2 in a school in Buckinghamshire near Milton Keynes. And today we are seeing what art we can create with a spine-tingling story from Scotland. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Scottish Skeleton. That's not the title of the story, by the way. That's just the easiest way to find it. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of 14th of October 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, eerily illustrated by Corky Paul, no stranger to spooky tales himself, in time for you to use for Halloween 2022. Don't worry if you missed that, though as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby and Rob, called Johnny and the Laddie. And we are going to be seeing what we're making for... Well, who wants to start? Are we going to start with the older or the younger of the primary range? Abby, you look keen. Oh, I am keen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start with the lower end of the range then, ages four to seven. What are you going to be making? Well, we're kind of going to be making, but we're going to be studying as well. So Ooh, okay. for me, hearing the story visually, I went to the graffiti on the gravestones <laughs> and I thought about graffiti and I thought we can pose this philosophical question with the young people, is graffiti art? Or is it just defacing something? And uh, I'm pretty certain that in every community there will be graffiti, whether it's in a bus stop, on a train station, in a park, uh, an underpass. Some might be more artistic than others. Some might be mm -hmm. uh, just defacing. So it's, it's an interesting philosophical discussion. But you could actually study graffiti artists. So you can start to think about spray paint as a medium. If you're fortunate enough, mm -hmm. you can invite a spray paint artist into the setting and actually see them at work. You could design and create your own graffiti art and think about how you display different words or make your own signature as some graffiti artists do mm -hmm. or a tag i think they call that it, tag. thank you yes that's what i was going for so how would you design your own tag just that whole thing of cold johnny wanting to protect those gravestones and keep them from graffiti but really mm. explore artists in public places and you could even touch on banksy if you wanted to you know he's esteemed as an artist but he is in essence graffitiing public places mm. so yeah. uh, you you really can study a range of artists with this but get the young people to make their own and then make the decisions is it graffiti or is it art 
With your knowledge of foreign languages, Rob, do you know anything of the etymology of the word graffiti? Because it sounds rather Italian. I think it does sound Italian, yeah. doesn't it? And it kind of links to graphic, I guess. Uh-huh. You have graphite pencils as well. So it's, I think it's linked to that, but I don't know off the top of my head. It'd be interesting to bring that into your discussion, though, Abby, wouldn't it? Mm. Because, yeah, we, we're taking a word that is often frowned upon, but its roots are things that we use every day. Yeah, mm. pencils and graphic design, um, a lot of which gets our respect. I'm just looking it up. We have to know now. So it's, <laughs> it's it is Italian. Yes. Mid-19th century, the word graffio means a scratch. So it's scratched, kind of scratched into the wall originally. That's really interesting to hear because one of the things I was thinking while you were talking, Abby, was the sort of relationship that or the comparisons that you could maybe draw between what graffiti artists do and what Cold Johnny is doing because they're sort of trying to make an impression, aren't they? Quite often the large-scale graffiti art and the sort of stuff that Banksy does, there's an element of trying to shock with it as well. And I can mm. I can see some fun art being produced by your young learners if you try and think, well, what sort of art would Cold Johnny create? He probably would be something like a graffiti artist. He probably yeah. would have a tag if, and, and if he tags people when he taps them on the shoulder, maybe. <laughs> but this is this is certainly entering into uh, the upper end of Key Stage Two and really giving that opportunity for debate and preparing those young people for their transition yes, to secondary, yeah. where they're going to be thinking about the politics behind artists and why some statues are very controversial, why certain artwork is a political statement. So you could even you could do that in Key Stage 2. Rob's nodding, so I, I think he's got some students who can smash that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just a quick health and safety warning if you're using spray paint. Cover your nose, especially if you are a young person. Yeah, do it in a well-ventilated area, yes, certainly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, since we've launched from the ages four to seven art already into ages 10 and 11 <laughs> art, let's let's languish there a little longer with Rob. And yeah, what sort of art were you hoping to produce with ages seven to 11? Well, I was also thinking about the writing on not on the wall, but on the stones. Uh -huh. And like, if you shine a light on gravestone, you get part of the shadow and how that's formed the differently on the different engravings the different scratches yeah. um, the sort of etching yeah effect yeah yeah, yeah. so it starts to explore how we can draw shadows or how we can represent them in art oh wow i would probably look at the engravings higher up the school but then even the shadows of the characters as they walk through the streets or through the graveyard mm. how are they lit where are they lit from What's that going to do to the shadow? You can explore that in your own classes by drawing your shadows outside at different times of day and seeing the difference between them. And then yeah. the shadows of buildings. If you've got a street, what does the perspective look like in terms of the shadow? And then even down to what kind of medium are you going to use to create these shadows? Are you going to use mm. different paints? Are you going to mix the colours? Are you going to use sketching pencils? Are you going to use watercolours? Just think about really effective ways of showing the shadow that is there. Yeah. 
I love that idea. And you could you could maybe play with the shadows by making some shadowy shapes and then copying them down and then turning them into weird creatures. Yeah. <laughs> Rob just made me think of a maths one. Just talking about the etchings on the gravestones just made me think of something all of a sudden. Oh, go on then. What was that? So if you think about the etchings on the gravestones with the dates, you've got a date of birth and then you've got a date of death. So what I don't think we give the opportunity for young people to do is actually learn the math skills by looking at dates and working out, well, how old was that person? Mm. So getting them all to think about the fact that they were mostly born either the same year or one year either side, and then getting them to think to now, well, how many years is that? So it'll be in the 2000s, won't it? So Mm, they'll all find the fact that 1900 something is bizarre and 1800 something is bizarre but their parents grandparents will have been born in the 19 somethings so uh doing a bit of either personal study of dates of birth so how old is my Mm. guardian now from their date of birth to now so that end date could always be 2022 but it gets them to think from a starting point to to now yeah i do like that i also think it's a fantastic opportunity to encourage use of 2008 or 2017 or 2022 it really irks me when people say things like 2022 or 2008 because it's like you would not say 1908 <laughs> you would say 1908 that's you might say 1908 itself, isn't it? you've got a place value yeah. question there so that's really it's, it's language <laughs> but it is place value because they've got to understand we are talking in the thousands with with all of these dates but making sure that they understand why we do say 1972 rather than yeah that it, I, I think there's a, there is a whole area of study there that we may have missed had we not have had these lovely gravestones to think about yeah i know i, I don't know whether it's maybe opening up a can of worms to ask the question why we do that <laughs> because i don't know if there is a reason other than um it's a little bit shorter a little bit easier to say maybe It'll be interesting to see whether we can slot that in maths or whether that ends up staying in the mm. in the art discussion or cut all together <laughs> <laughs> oh, it won't be cut altogether. Any opportunity to get on my soapbox about saying 2008. <laughs> I then worried, what did I say? <laughs> I probably said that. <laughs> so you're definitely in the Jeremy Paxman school of date saying. Is that the Jeremy Paxman school? Yeah. If you're avid University Challenge watchers, you will hear him say 2008. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> you're going to hear me say it one way and then Chip say I can't stand it when people say that <laughs> directly after me saying it that way. <laughs> so the listeners are going to think... be like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we have time for in this episode folks if you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover you can find us on social media using at teach happily or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective memorable and enjoyable all at the same time tomorrow Call Johnny and the laddie will help us teach physical education. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon! soon.